Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. What is going on, good people? It is Tuesday afternoon. A little late today. It is what it is. But we're here. We're live. We're back in our regular time slot, and we are happy to be here. I am happy to talk about some pro wrestling, especially after that debacle of a Monday night football game last night. Yes, I know, Stephen, it was bad, man. It was bad. They lost Cheeto for the year now, so their secondary is just completely effed. I just want to go back to the days where they were like, you know, that playoff run, that playoff run was so good. Spoiled me. Gave me expectations. It gave me hope. And it sucks. Hey, they're four and four. They still got hope. Hey, SP3, how them Lakers doing? Wait, you're not a Lakers fan, are you? Yeah, or are like you? I am a Lakers fan. Yeah. We got our first win. That's all that matters. We have a winning streak, ladies and gentlemen. We have a winning streak. We won one game. We won one game that is better than what we did our first week of the season. We are in a positive, in more positive news. My fantasy football team is seven and one. My fantasy basketball team is two and oh. Is that and, the uh, is that the wrestling media league that you and I are in? Yes, seven and one. Oh, yes. Take those numbers, reverse it. That's how bad I've been in that league. Which is, I'm just going to continue to shine upon my other league, my big money league, where I'm six and two and I'm a powerhouse because I stashed DeAndre Hopkins and I am just owning people now. So I'm just gonna. I'm just going to go live in that league, in that bubble world, and just be happy with everything that's going on. Look at this. Look at this, ladies and gentlemen. This week, I am versing big-time Rick's team in in our wrestling media fantasy football league. Here here comes the upset of the week right here. It's going down. I couldn't even tell you who's on my team right now. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. He's such a bad GM. You're such a bad. It's okay. When I got three leagues and all this other crap that I'm working on, you know, it is it is what it is. We do have a lot of actual like wrestling stuff to get into today. So we appreciate everybody who's tuning in. Make sure to hit the thumbs up there on the good old video there. That really helps drive up our audience. We appreciate it. If you're new to the show, you like what you hear, make sure to pound that subscribe button while you're here as well. That that definitely helps us out. And hey, as soon as we get to 500 subscribers, one of y'all out there is going to win $100. That's free cash money, the AEW or WWE shop, your choice. Just check out my pinned tweet on Elon Musk's Twitter at Rick Uchino. You can follow him as well at True Heel SP3. And uh, yeah, join us there on the, uh, the the social media app with the bird before it all goes downhill. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today with everything that happened on Raw last night. Asuka and Alexa Bliss are back. That's great. They also won the women's tag team titles for reasons, I guess. So cool. We got new champs. We'll talk about that. How much more damage can damage control take at this point? This shouldn't be a surprise. CM Punk might be done with wrestling completely. And we got so much other stuff that we got to get into, including finally an explanation SP three for why Dexter Loomis has been attacking the Miz, arguably one of the most entertaining segments of the night last night. We'll dive into all of it, but first things first, got to thank our friends over at bet online. They continue to be your number one source for all your sports betting needs, whether it's for the NBA, NHL, NBA, MMA, tennis, boxing. They're all there with the latest odds, team matchup and information, player news and game trends. And as your continued source for all your sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests and giveaways all season long. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to get those rewards. That is B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts and SP3. Seems like we've been talking about damage control ad nauseum since they showed up at SummerSlam, which is typically a good thing, right? They're heavily featured. They got a lot going on. There's a lot to discuss with them. We don't talk about superstars every week on this program. Seems like damage control comes up every other week. But every other week when we're, we're talking about damage control, we're usually less scratching our heads as to why WWE decided to do what they did with damage control. And last night, we get the return of Asuka and Alexa Bliss. Great. I'm all for it. Bring them back. That's great. They throw them in there in a a tag team title match to put the women in the main event. Okay, that seems a little bit rushed, but sure, let's do it. We got Nikki Cross in the mix. Who knows what kind of chaos could erupt? Oh, wait, no. We're just going to go ahead and put 
the damn tag team titles on Alexa Bliss and Asuka, ending the whole 48-day reign of Damage Control as your women's tag team champions. We'll talk about Damage Control here first, but or in a minute. First, I want to focus on Alexa Bliss and Asuka, who over the last few weeks have been nothing but but sidekicks uh, for Bianca Belair and just have been cannon fodder, really. And now they come back in a big way and they win the tag team titles. This is the third time for Alexa Bliss. This might be the fourth time uh, for Asuka with her third different partner now being the women's tag team champions. Great to see them back. Do you think maybe this is a catalyst for, for, for WWE to start using them in a more meaningful way? Or is this just, hey, shock value title change, which we have seen already several times since the women's tag team titles have come back? I mean, I literally called it as soon as Oscar and Alexa Bliss showed up on Raw. I was like, and they made that challenge. I was like, well, they're winning the women's tag team titles tonight. I was like, I don't see a, a way why. I don't see a reason why Bliss and Oscar versus uh, Kai and Sky, which every time is a good match. I don't see the reason why you would put it in the main event unless they were going to do that shock title change. So I wasn't surprised at all. Do I think this is a sign that they're going to do something of value with them? No, because they have the women's tag team titles. The women's tag team titles in Vince McMahon's regime, in Triple H's regime, it seems like neither regime knows what to do with the women's tag team titles. Or they have a plan, and then the plan doesn't go the way they thought it was going to go, and then it all falls apart on top of it. Because I think the whole plan from the beginning of this for Damage Control was Damage Control be the tag team champions for when Naomi and Sasha Banks came back. I don't know what's going on with negotiations. We got the report from Wrestling Observer Newsletter over the weekend that said her Sasha Banks uh you know contract negotiations have stalled due to hangups maybe that's the reason why they have basically stalled or are delaying the push of damage control but they have totally botched this this is we said before that Liv Morgan was the one real obstacle of the of the Triple H regime but this is a bigger obstacle because he inherited Liv Morgan as a champion and he didn't know what to yes. do with it. That's fine. That's fine because you didn't make the choice to put the title on her or on her that fast. That was on Vince because Vince doesn't like woman's money in the bank holding around a briefcase for more than a day. But on the other hand, this damage control is all you. It's all you. Now I've heard multiple reasons why people don't think it works. People don't think that this is two, three personalities that fit together. I'm starting to see that now. People don't people just don't see the chemistry kind of molding the way it does. People don't understand why they're together. We never got an explanation of why they're together. It was like W it feels now, now we're what almost three. No, yeah, we're more than three months into this whole run for damage control. It just feels like WWE blew their load on three returns at once and didn't know what to do with it after. Uh, it kind of feels like that across the board, because you could say that for a lot of the people that had been brought back. And I saw people talking about this online. It's like, yes, it was great that they brought these people back. But really, what have a lot of them done since they have returned? And I know Triple H was was set with a tough task, right? It was my roster is cut very, very thin right now. I have to start adding people. And he starts bringing in depth, and now you're starting to put together TV shows. There's a lot happening. There's a lot going on at one time. But man, if you bring somebody back, and you especially you set up this this power trio with Bailey at the helm, you would think that would be a, a slam dunk. Like they would have a, a solid creative footing right out of the gate. And really, yeah, it's been like one step forward, two steps back uh, with this group. It seemed like a, a no brainer that they would win the women's tag team title tournament they didn't and then they won the belts 13 days later uh, because they got screwed out of it so the women's tag team titles have gone from vacant for over 100 days then they were on Raquel and Aaliyah for all of two weeks now they put them on damage control for all of 48 days and now they're on another makeshift tag team with which is Alexa Bliss and Asuka this is this isn't this isn't hard, right? You're not trying to reinvent something here. If you want to establish a division, create some teams, have those teams fight each other, and then challenge for the tag team titles. This this is this is wrestling 101. This is basic stuff, and they're not doing it right now with these belts at all. And this is why I'm I'm starting to take offense 
to the people that like I've seen multiple, you know, videos across the wrestling sphere with wrestling media and people call Triple H this lover and appreciator of tag team wrestling because six, seven years ago he had FTR, Alpha Academy, DIY, and he just decided to put them against each other. Oh, yes, he's this great inventor of booking for tag team wrestling. No, he just had great tag teams ahead of him, and he let them fight each other. But even here, where he has great tag teams with both women and men that he can create, he hasn't done anything with it. The Usos are in this Bloodline storyline, which is the best thing going, not just in WWE, in the entire wrestling. But they haven't done much as far as create feuds for the tag team titles. They're versing the Brawling Brutes at, uh, at Crown Jewel, which should be a good to great matchup. But we've seen that before. They just had a good to great matchup on SmackDown a few weeks later. And they haven't really developed the feud outside of the Sheamus injury. That's all fine and dandy. They're going to have a good match. But the women's tag team division, it's a total mess. It's a total mess. But even on the men's side, like I said, I'll put back focus on the men's side. Where's the street profits at? Well, Montez was in a walking boot a few weeks back, so he might be hurt right now. Okay, okay. That's fine. Angelo Dawkins still there. We can do promos with the Street Profits. That's what they did for about three, four months when they first came on the main roster. The the problem is the Usos have had the tag team titles now so long that they really have kind of run through all the faces on the roster. So they but they you get a fresh baby face group now yeah. in the calling brutes. But so we thought that- we thought we thought Hit Row was coming back to get heated up, but now there's in a few with Legato where they're going 50-50. Like and they feel like just another tag team. The Hit Row Hit Row they they feel like they are not new anymore. They feel like yeah. they're just there now. So even he I, I'm just want Triple H, if he's this lover of tag team wrestling that so many people claim him to be, I want to see some tag team wrestling and I want to see some focus on it. I want to see creation of women's tag teams. I, yeah. You got all these women's competitors. And in my in my eyes, honestly, the reason why I called Asuka and Alexa winning last night, because I know who the next women's tag team champions are. It's Rowdy Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. That's you could sign me up for that. That's who I wanted to win the women's tag team title tournament in the first damn place. And I think you can go all the way back to when they first launched that women's tag team title tournament as the first big mistake that Triple H made is because they were in such a hurry to throw that tournament together that they just threw whatever they had available to them at that time just say let's get this out there quickly because we know this is what the fans want instead of being patient taking their time setting a foundation for the division and then doing that tournament right Liv Morgan should have come out on top of her feud with Ronda Rousey instead of them stretching that out Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler could then have been put together as a tag team and arguably might have won that tag team tournament if they decided to do that together and do it the correct way but you could have established them at least as a tag team they're starting to do that now, but now you have Ronda Rousey, who is the SmackDown Women's Champion. Are you going to double belt Ronda uh, here in the next couple of weeks? Is that what you're going to do now? You're telling me that's what you're going to do? Ronnie Two Belts. Ronnie Two oh. Belts is coming, ladies and gentlemen, and I can't wait for it. No, Alexa. No, no one in their right mind would ever say Liv Morgan should have won that feud with Ronda Rousey because, one, it was never believable whenever she got offense on her. Two, they never had good matches. <laughs> and, th- and three, they like they, it, it was a damn thing that Triple H inherited. Like I said, with this whole women's tag team division and damage control in general, this is all of Triple H's doing. I just want pe- more people in the wrestling media world to keep the same energy. I know, I know people might go hyperbole and say, oh, he's hard. No, he's not hard, but he's really good. And I can, I, I can even understand the people that are saying he's the best booker of the year because Tony Khan has had his faults this year. But we have to keep it real and keep that same energy when he messes up. And yes, he messed up sure. with Liv Morgan. But I'm, I, I, like I said, I'm going to give him the pass on that because he inherited that. This and damage fair, control, though, this damage fair, control, it's all his fingerprint is all over the bad booking of damage control. Yeah, and to be fair, the, the character progression of Liv Morgan since dropping the SmackDown Women's Championship has been better. It has yes. been much better. She has been booked 
better. Now, all of a sudden, she it's its like they've, they've decided to put a, a, a renewed faith and energy in Liv Morgan and kind of recreate her as this crazy, whacked out psycho, kind of like the Nikki Cross of, of SmackDown. But yeah, man, I mean, you just, I don't know. Again, I go back to them rushing the women's tag team title tournament. It seemed like the smart thing would have been to put it on damage control or at least set up an established division somewhere along the line. And now we're doing this two steps forward or even just one step forward, two steps back. We all thought Bailey should have won over Bianca Belair at whatever pay-per-view, the extreme rules. Now Bailey is getting another title shot this week at Crown Jewel on Saturday. My goodness, man. And we'll talk about whether or not she she wins that match or not coming up here in a little bit. But if she doesn't win on Saturday, like what what are you doing? Because it's that somebody somebody put it up here in the chat. Let me tr- let me try to find uh, you know, like Queen here, for example. I'm so sick and tired of seeing all these women interact with one another. It just feels like they're doing random things until someone screams war games. And that to me is the thing. It feels like Triple H is kicking the can down the road. And part of this title switch that happened last night is to just not have things be stagnant for the next several weeks as they approach war games, because that this is what this whole buildup is for. This is why damage control is, is interacting with Nikki cross backstage and they're building up towards something. This is all leading to a big women's war games match. And this is what triple H needs to work on is pacing because he started this build fucking months ago and he's trying to stretch it out to there. And I think he's finding it a little bit difficult to get to the finish line and to keep it interesting and to keep things moving and to not do the same thing every week. This is a very difficult thing for triple H. He's never done this before. There's going to be learning curves along the way. And I think this is one of them, but like, it's pretty simple. How you book war games, you create a heel faction and let the heel faction be dominant. That's let the them thing. become a that's threat. He hasn't even allowed them to become a threat. Like that's, that's the, that's the biggest issue. They lose it's like every big match. It's like it's like they were supposed to be control, and then he added damage to their name, and he just was like, I'm going to inflict damage to this stable that was based on control. Like, that's all he's done week after week, it feels like, to make things interesting. Like, how how different would we be looking at the loss last, last night if damage control had won the tournament? Yes. If Bailey right now was the Raw Women's Champion, yes. we would be looking at this totally different. It would be like, yeah, that was great. That was a great move. It freshened things up. I mean, yes. Damage Control has been very dominant over it was the last shocking. couple of weeks. I didn't see yeah, that coming. I didn't, I didn't see that coming. That was a great move. Great creative move. But no, we have not. He has not allowed them to even create the, the image of them being this dominant faction. Here's the thing. Damage control lost twice last night because EO tapped and the ref didn't see it. And then, because typically you do that move, right? So that the heels come out on top. Yeah. But no, they do that move. They have EO tap. So they lose there. And then they go on to lose the damn match. Anyway, you go back to, to, to Bailey losing at extreme rules. Bianca didn't just beat Bailey in that match. She beat all three members of Damage Control by herself. She didn't need be uh, Asuka or, Re- or remember what I said after Extreme Rules. I was like, how different we would have looked at that if Bianca was a smart babyface, locked Damage Control in their locker room, and beat Bailey one on one. We would be looking at that, and I would be like, great match. This was the big. This was the biggest win Bianca's had since like WrestleMania. She established that she's better than Bailey one on one, and it protected Damage Control. No, you did none of that. You have done nothing with that. With yeah. two scenarios that you could have protected Damage Control, you have done the opposite of that. It's over. I said it was over after Extreme Rules. After this loss, like they think Bailey winning on Saturday is supposed to recover anything. It's not. It's, this is this is done. I'm I'm like let everybody know. I hate to wave the white flag, but I'm gonna let everybody know. Damage control will never be as good as they were supposed to be due to what the damage he has done to them in the first three months of them as a creation. Look, uh, th- this was always going to be a long game approach for me because 
me, you, we sit here, the people in the chat, you know, the hardcore wrestling fans out there. We we all sit there. We know how good EO is. We know how good Dakota is. We know how great Bailey is. The main roster audience is only really familiar with Bailey. So it was always going to take time to introduce and and let Dakota and EO flourish on the main roster to the point where the main roster audience gets behind them, which was also equally as important to showcase them as a threat out of the gate, to give them credibility out of the gate and not have them lose. Because now, why does anybody on the main roster audience take them seriously? You, you, you don't. And they're really not getting the reactions that you would hope that you would get. And now I have people, people whose opinions I respect sitting here saying damage control should break up if Bailey loses this weekend. And I'm like, let's pump the brakes. This is still a money idea. You just got to fix it. You just got to fix it. Sometimes the best thing to do is cut bait. Like, uh, that's what I said with you. You were saying that Liv Morgan should retain at Extreme Rules. But the best move for her was to get the title off of her. And then you can refresh. You can book it the way you're supposed to. Like I said, right now, it just feels like WWE blew their load on three different personalities who are all great in their own right. But it has not it has not worked as a group. So I understand that thinking. I'm not of that thinking. I think that they should give them a chance and actually book them properly to, to get them over. But sometimes the damage done in these first couple of months, you can never recover from. Sometimes the the if the if it, the angle or stable is a success in the first three months, they can live on to that for three years. Just ask the new world order. It was great. But if you're the Nexus on the other hand, yay, they tried their best for the rest of the year and it never got over the way it initially was. And I'm sorry, the peak for damage control, hate to tell everybody, it was the debut. It was SummerSlam. That was the peak. And all, again, it's, there, there been, was, it's been a, a downward spiral since then. And much like the women's tag team title tournament, I think that came down to a lack of planning. You can't sit there and tell me that they had major creative plans in place for this team when Bailey literally pitched the idea and this is documented she has said this yeah. she pitched the idea last minute and they called Dakota like two days before SummerSlam to get her ass to Nashville you can't sit there and tell me that they had these big creative plans in place great idea great concept I think so far it's been it's been poorly planned it's been poorly planned and the execution has been one step forward two step back I'm still holding out hope We'll talk about Bailey's prospects at uh, at Crown Jewel this weekend coming up here uh, in a few uh, moments. Uh, Queen saying, hey, look, if they can fix Judgment Day, maybe Triple H can fix anything. But he was handed that idea. Judgment Day has resurrected itself based off of the rocky road that they were going. Sometimes it takes a while to figure out, you know, what something is. And maybe at this point, they're still trying to figure out just what uh, damage control is. Well, it seems like Triple H can do well with something that was ruined by Vince and he has to fix. We, I don't think that's a good example of so what, Triple H fixing something he's broken. If, it, if it's something he comes in, like we I made, keep making the analogy, he, he inherited this multi, multiplex that's making a whole bunch of money. But there's a lot of stuff inside that don't look right. It looks like trash inside. And all he's been doing is saying, let's put this chair back in here. Let's let's fix this design up a little bit. He, he's making money regardless of how it looks inside. But sometimes you'll have a nice glass vase that Vince didn't break. He didn't even know where it was. And Triple H just knocked it over. <laughs> and knocked it over. We don't know if Triple H can put that glass vase back together if he broke it. We know he can put it back together if Vince broke it, but we don't know if he can do it himself. Steven saying push Rhea versus Bianca. I'm really surprised we kind of haven't gotten to there at this point. They haven't done a whole lot with Rhea as far as a women's competitor. She just had her first match in what months on NXT uh, as, as part of somebody else's feud. So we'll talk about Rhea coming up here soon because she really, even though she's not feuding with anybody, she is kind of the central figure in this Judgment Day OC storyline that's coming up at Crown Jewel. And the OC is, is on the hunt for somebody who can combat Rhea Ripley. We'll talk about that coming up here when we get into the five count. Real quick, um, 
just because it's 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 somewhat of an update on CM Punk. I think it's worth mentioning. Uh, report today from Nick Hausman via Wrestling Observer. Uh, Nick, working for Wrestling Inc., he joined uh, Dave and the Boys on Wrestling uh, Observer Radio. Says those close to him believe that CM Punk has wrestled his final match, not just for AEW, but period, ever kaput. Uh, he has no need for for money at this point. He's good as far as that is concerned. He's got inroads to Hollywood. He's working with uh, David Amell, excuse me, David Amell, Stephen Amell on on Heels, which season two is supposed to be coming out here soon. Uh, looking forward to that. I really did enjoy that show and CM Punk's work on that show last year. But uh, I, I kind of looked at this headline and this making news and I'm like, I feel like anybody could have said that because I feel like the odds are way more in favor of punk never wrestling again than than going to wwe at this point and i would put that at about 95 to 5 percent and if he does go to wwe it's going to be for one match and it's going to be for like five million dollars like that's that's what it's going to be so this is great work from from nick hausman talking to people close to the situation but this really doesn't shock or surprise me one iota no uh you know i got to talk to dutch mantel about this and i said i kind of zeroed in on the the people that believe that, uh, you know, CM Punk will go to WWE, you know, money, of course, is the biggest factor. He'll make a whole bunch of money. But another factor people have been put into play is the human factor of how much CM Punk wants to stick it to AEW because of all the stories that come out. It's a basically uh, an argument of human emotion, but it ignores the fact of the human emotion towards WWE. He does not eat all the bad things he really said about WWE. It wasn't as much about Vince. It was about Triple H three months ago when he was injured and he was on the panel at the convention. He said he didn't think anything was going to change in WWE with Triple H in charge instead of Vince. What made everybody just forget all of that because of something big that happened when Tony Khan basically treated CM Punk like CM Punk always wished Vince McMahon would want him? Yeah. To treat him you think that you think that just because he had an issue with the evps and it was a bad falling out and you think that he's just gonna ignore the fact that tony khan all tony khan did for him i mean and just ignore all of that to spite him to go back to triple h to be underneath triple h the guy that he didn't, he walked out on the company instead of having a WrestleMania match with him. And Dutch, who was there when when CM Punk was there, he was like, CM Punk was in that meeting room with Vince McMahon, Triple H, John Laronitis for the entire day, for the entire day backstage. Dutch wanted to speak to Vince and he wasn't able to because CM Punk was letting it all out on Triple H more than he even was with Vince McMahon. So I think that it's preposterous that people believe that the human emotion of spite is enough towards AEW and not just the elite. It's AEW, the company. All they did wrong to treat. They, they did CM Punk wrong. And we're just going to ignore the fact that Punk has the longest memory ever. And he remembers everything that WWE did wrong to him. Yeah, here's the thing. Tony Khan, and I've said this on this program before, Tony Khan did exactly what CM Punk wanted him to do. He did what he's wanted any boss to do. Tony Khan handed CM Punk the ball. And for a while, Punk was streaking down the sideline for a game-winning touchdown. And then he got to the goal line and he fumbled the fucking thing. That's what he did. And, and even CM Punk could look deep down inside himself and know that he made mistakes along the way. Yes, he got hurt. I don't think he can help that. All right? I'm not, I'm not saying this is an injury thing, but... Looking at what happened backstage, I think he can look deep down inside himself and realize he should have handled some things differently. He messed up. He should have no ill will toward Tony Khan whatsoever. Tony strapped this successful startup company on CM Punk's back and said, carry us to the promised land, and Punk fumbled the ball. There's no reason for CM Punk to sit here and go, I'm going to stick it to Tony Khan. If anything, he should be thanking Tony Khan and whatever deal they come up with a buyout, thanking him again for paying him a fuck ton of money to go home and do absolutely nothing. 95%, I'm positive, that CM Punk is done in professional wrestling. I would be, I think, in, in a world where you say never say never, and all the crazy shit that we've seen over the last year, I would say CM Punk returning to WWE for one ma more match would be more surprising to me than Vince McMahon retiring 
from WWE. I think that would be more surprising to me at this point. We appreciate everybody who has tuned in so far. Thank you guys so much. Again, make sure to hit that thumbs up button. Make sure to pound that subscribe button if you haven't already, if you're new to the show. I see a lot of people in the co- in the chat. We appreciate it. We'll get to as many co- uh, uh, comments as we can. We'll talk about you know some of the things that you guys are bringing up here. Uh, again, if you uh, subscribe, as soon as we get to 500 subscribers, somebody's going to win $100 to either shop AEW or WWE shop. Your choice. Check out my pinned tweet at uh, Rick Uccino for anybody who is listening on the podcast right now which is available everywhere. Podcasts are available also on TuneIn radio. Thank you guys so much. Let's dive into all this now. Shall we? It's time to answer the five count on the believe podcast network. All right. SP three. I said it earlier. I will say it again. If Bailey loses at crown jewel, I don't know what the hell WWE has up their sleeve um, for damage control. So I'll ask you, if Bailey loses a crown duel, jewel, WWE should do what with damage control there, SP3? Throw it away. Throw it away. Buy a new toy. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> shut them down, open up shop. Whatever you want to say, whatever you want to do to it, damage control is damage control is irreversible damage done to it already, in my opinion. But they're at the point of no return. If ba- it's the end of the story, basically. It was a three-month story, and he capped it off at Crown Jewel if Bailey was. Excuse me. Let me turn my mute button off there. Um, Almost as if she's watching this program, if you are. Big fan, Bailey. Appreciate the uh, support. Um, Right around the time we went on the air, started talking about damage control. She tweeted out, and I quote, I will stop at nothing to make this right. I will stop at nothing to make this right, Bailey. And I, look... I still think it's a great idea on paper. I think the talent is there to work. The creative just has not been there. The booking, more importantly, has not been there. Bailey has to win. She has to win this weekend. She has to. Otherwise, I think that the the main goal here is to put damage control over at war games. But in the long run, what what does that mean? Right? Like, what does that mean? Winning at war games doesn't doesn't mean a damn thing because you don't win anything at war games. You just you just win a hellacious match. And I'm looking forward to it no matter what eight or ten women are in that match. That's great. All, all well and good. We're fine. Cool. Great. Damage control should win at war games. Because, again, if you're going to establish a dominant heel faction, they should be dominant and they should win in the end. I said the same thing with Judgment Day. At the end of the day, they need to get the final laugh and the final win over Edge. I, I, I can't even answer this question. So I'm going to cheat. Bailey's got a win on Saturday. Bianca's got her, her title run. I know you look ahead. You could say she could go with Rhea Ripley or she could go with, I don't know. There were some other options that were, that were put up there that, that, that Bianca go Charlotte, a returning Charlotte uh, would be a possibility if they decide to put her over on, on Monday night raw, that would really stack the deck in favor of the raw women's division as well. I think she could be used a little bit more on SmackDown, but I digress, man. Safet already saying damage control is done, man. Um, noob saying split him I'm, up. I'm so glad. Like, I feel I feel vindicated because, like, Rick, you could tell you could tell everybody I've been saying this for feels like a long time now. It feels like it's only been like a month and a half, but it feels like so long. And so many people is like, no, give it a chance, give it a chance. We got Papa H, we got Triple H. He could do it. He could do it. No, we are done. We are done. Uh, shut them down open up shop but you know what's the funny thing i don't even think bailey will be the leader of her own war games team i think they're gonna do bianca as one captain and ronda as the other captain and ronda's team will be her Shayna, and damage control versus bianca live uh asuka bliss and candace oof that might be the worst thing they can do. Like, in all seriousness. I, I, I mean, are we, are we really supposed to take Bailey seriously if she loses? One thing I will say is I do like how they are returning to the last woman standing match that they couldn't do before Bailey got injured. So I think it's great that they're kind of bringing that back full circle. And I'm, we, we finally get to see this match. But by some way, shape, or form, I don't care if they got to pull the, we're going to put Bianca under a forklift. Bailey has to walk away with the women's championship this weekend. If damage control is going to have any chance of survival, 
And I saw somebody else bring up this idea earlier of a short reign uh, for Alexa. And um, yeah, Stephen brought it up earlier. Could be a short title reign uh, for uh, Asuka and Alexa, either damage control, get them back, or whenever Toxic Attraction gets in the main roster to get those titles. Here's the thing, man. I don't want another short reign. Right now, the longest reign that we've had for women's tag team titles in the last six months has been vacant at 100 days. Vacant held those belts for 100 days, and then we got 13 days with the makeshift team of Raquel and Aaliyah. Now, 48 days. I don't want another short reign. Damage control still should be the women's tag team champions, but at this point, let's not play hopscotch back and forth because, again, what was the damn point of, of putting the titles on Alexa and Asuka in the first place? I'm hoping that leads to something for them. You know what, Ace? I was I was hoping they proved me wrong in a good way. I was hope I really wanted them. I did. I did. He doesn't root for bad product, guys. I I, I actually want Triple H to do well. I don't want to be the only one on wrestling YouTube who is pointing out these criticisms of Triple H. I don't want that moniker. I was totally fine with the new media forbidden door, but now I'm going to have to change my Twitter handle to Triple H's number one critic. That's going to be my, I'm changing it right now. You better change it now before Elon Musk charges you money to change your Twitter handle. Changing it now before Elon charges me. (laughs) And look, man, look, it's okay to be critical. It's, It's, we're not shitting on the man. We're not saying he's doing a terrible job. It's not like we're Vince Russo out here saying everything he does sucks. No, we he's made a lot of great positive changes. Is he perfect at his job? No. And I didn't think he expected he would be perfect at his job three week, three months into it. It's a hard gig, man. He'll get it figured out. Maybe. Hopefully. Number two here, SP3. I changed it to Triple H's number one critic, damage control stand. I'm gonna stand. That's I'm really trying to stand for damage control. I want them to succeed, Ace. Bailey's got to win on Saturday. She has to. All right, who possibly steps up here to even the odds uh, with Judgment Day in Saudi Arabia? Of course, we're talking about the OC. Uh, you did get Carl Anderson uh, winning a match over Damian Priest, but then again, the the numbers game plays out. Rhea Ripley plays that big role. They don't have anybody who can combat Rhea Ripley. They even tried to uh, recruit Kathy Kelly last night uh, to fight Rhea Ripley and keep her out of the the, the melee that's going to be happening this Saturday at Crown Jewel. Who do you think possibly steps up and aligns themselves with the OC to go one-on-one with Rhea Ripley? Assuming SP3, we're not talking about Beth Phoenix here, who should still be out selling the effects of that concerto. Uh, No, I don't think so. It's been a month. They they usually do that. I mean, I've I've seen people come back from bigger bigger spots in eight days. So it's a month is a is a long time by WWE standards. So I can see it being Beth Phoenix. If they look at someone who's currently on the roster, I can see someone like a Dewdrop, aka Piper Nevin. I can see Raquel Rodriguez coming over from SmackDown and filling that role due to her history with Rhea Ripley. Uh, if it's someone returning, uh, it wouldn't really fit for someone like a Chelsea Green. Maybe a Tegan Knox. could never know. That could be someone that could fill that role. So they got plenty of options. They really haven't teased or kind of showed their cards on which way they were leaning. Beth Phoenix kind of seems like the the kind of the easiest one that has a built-in reason to fill that spot yeah uh somebody with history with Rhea uh, I think would make a ton of sense Charlotte obviously would would make a ton of sense uh in that fact that they they, those two have gone back and forth over the last years but Charlotte has been the one that's gotten over on Rhea so really it would be Rhea who should be the aggressor the next time that they throw yeah and the OC are baby faces yeah true (laughs) well oh god let's hope they don't at least Triple H is smart in knowing that he doesn't have to swim upstream. So at least we're not going to get a babyface Charlotte anytime soon unless it happens organically, which I don't know if and when that will ever take place. Um, but if I had to pick somebody outside of Beth Phoenix, I would go with not Dewdrop. I would go with Piper Niven. All right. Like everybody's ecstatic that crazy Nikki Cross is back. Even Nikki is tweeting how she missed that crazy bitch. So everybody seems to be happy, even though she ate the L last night. That didn't really bother me. You can't. You can't push everybody at once. I see people talking about, oh, they bring back Nikki and she loses her first match. You can't push everybody at once. I mean, I think they do have a point because you didn't have to book her in that match. Correct. You did not. 
You did not have to. I, I understand. But she only lost due to outside interference, so there was a little bit of protection there. But still, I digress. Uh, you could have booked her against any of the other women that aren't currently on the roster and had her had her win a match. But um, again, or maybe it, not have her have a match. She just came back last week. How about she do that? What she did last week again this week? That's that again. That's fair. But I'm happy she was back in action. They had a good match. You're not going to put her over Bianca ahead of uh, uh, Crown Jewel. So, again, in, in a bubble, I don't necessarily mind the booking of it. But Piper Niven is somebody who they should bring back and reinvent and reintroduce as Piper Niven. I think this would be a good spot to do that with her. Talk about somebody who has history with, with Rhea Ripley. They both came over from NXT UK. I think that would be a great spot to do that. So uh, I would like to see her back on TV because I think she's awesome. And I'd like to see whether you want to call her the Viper, whether you want to call her Piper Niven, whatever you want to do with her. Just please, let's get rid of that, that do drop shit, please. Um, talked about this earlier. It seems like WWE seems to be spinning their wheels because they're waiting for something else to come along down the pike. Um, one situation of the opposite happening here. Uh, SP3. We have reports, but you might be wondering where Kevin Owens has been. If you're uh, a casual viewer of, of WWE, he's, we saw him on NXT, hasn't really been doing much recently. There was teases that he would get involved with Sami Zayn and the bloodline there. Apparently, that was the direction, SP3. But apparently, the reaction and the work and everything that's been going on with Sami Zayn and the bloodline has been so good and is blowing up and is the best thing in professional wrestling. Just literally ask anybody like if you don't like what Sami Zayn and the bloodline are doing right now, you shouldn't watch professional wrestling because it's, it's fucking gold right now. Apparently Sammy is doing so well that they have decided to delay Kevin Owens involvement with it and push him off down the road, which means that the Sammy Kevin tag team that we were all hoping and praying for with the Usos against the Usos, I should say, has now been pushed off down the line. Do you think creative is doing the right thing by doing that? Yes, I think they are doing the right thing because there's a lot more that they can tell with the story. I could tell probably at the beginning of this story, this that probably the, the turn on Sammy was going to come around this time leading into like war games. And then you could have had Sammy and KO on the same war games team and then, you know, go into uh you know next year and they're uh, maybe fight the usos at uh you know Royal rumble or something like that but this is the type of story that needs to be blown off at a wrestlemania so right. i'm totally fine with them delaying kevin rowan's involvement in the story until the beginning of next year because there's still much more that much more layers that they can pull from this bloodline just on the current dynamic of jay's usha issues with Sammy and then it's bringing out his prior kind of bottled down issues with Roman so there's a lot for them to unwrap from this that dynamic that you don't need to add in Kevin Owens as another individual that will change the dynamic you want to see how you can develop this before you put someone else in when it's starting to get a little bit stale which it maybe it will by the end of the year and then beginning of next year Kevin Owens involvement makes a lot of sense yeah, I, I think it's one of those things you can definitely, you know, play by the crowd reaction and see what you're getting week in and week out. What the boys did on Friday was was absolutely spectacular with Jey Uso screaming, just shouting, I don't give a damn what the tribal chief, you know, thinks or says or wants. And Roman, the way Roman sells these segments with just his eyes alone is absolutely masterful work. And he looked like he wanted to beat somebody's ass. And then Sami Zayn literally just doing whatever he can to get those boys to crack in the ring. And when they do, it is absolutely hilarious. And Sami talked about this with BT Sport uh, this week ahead of Crown Jewel. He said, look, yeah, I, I am trying to get them to crack because I think it's important for people to realize that we're having fun doing this stuff too. We are enjoying this. When we enjoy the product, when we enjoy what we're doing, they're going to enjoy what we're doing. And I think there is a major coalition with that. So yes, I have no problem with them holding off Kevin Owens from this. I do have an issue with them seemingly having no backup plan for Kevin Owens whatsoever. Maybe he requested taking some time off. I don't know. There's always extenuating circumstances. You never really know what's going on behind the scenes, why somebody's not on television. 
But for them to just not do anything with Kevin Owens, that's something that I don't understand because there's definitely a way you could get him into Raw, at least have him have a match every once in a while and just let us enjoy having Kevin Owens on our screens. That's what I have an issue with, not with them delaying his storyline uh, with Sami Zayn. Uh, real quick, because we're way over time here, and I know you got to get to work. Uh, number four here on the uh, on the five count here. It was the Miz all along, SP3. We finally got a reasoning for why Dexter Loomis has been attacking the Miz, according to Johnny Gargano and his reenactments last night, which were hilarious, genuinely hilarious. Johnny Gargano is really good at what he does, and this kind of sketch-style comedy which you got to see him do a little bit with uh, the way in NXT. I think he really kind of brought this around full circle. And honestly, this was what made the most sense to me. I, I, I think they did come up with a satisfying reason for this. It's all bullshit. It's all the Miz. He was preying on a man who was down on his luck. And here comes his, his friend and his father-in-law-esque type person in his life, Johnny Gargano, trying to help him out and get him back on his feet and make things right. I enjoyed the hell out of this segment last night. I think this is honestly the best thing that they could have done with the storyline outside of the insane butt stuff that we were all assuming that Dexter was just doing from the first place. I think this is a way to kind of redeem Dexter Loomis and make him the face in all of this. And then other than the fact that people just hate the Miz and that's why Dexter was the face in all of it. Um, I will say that the WWE investigate segment was one of the best done kind of uh, tongue in cheek parodies that they've done in quite some time. And I think Johnny Gargano has been great as a main roster babyface. He has the right amount of like sarcasm and humor that keeps the, you know, the fans on his side, but he doesn't go overly into it. That makes him a heel. He finds the right balance. So he was great in the segment and the segment overall, I thought it was fine. As far as the creative coming out with a satisfying reason, no, it wasn't. It was such a reason that they just made up. They 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 booked everything, and then it was like in retrospect, that's what we should do. That's that's the thing. That's brilliant. That's brilliant because Rick Uchino will say it was a satisfying reason on Believe in Pro Wrestling. And I'm now, sorry, SP3 won't because that seems like BS. Because the timing of it, just how he described it, it was like. Oh, when he cost him the U.S. title, he was still a part of the illusion. But then somewhere along the way, he stopped paying him. No, it should have been like he stopped paying him after the first time. And then that's why he kept bothering him afterward. That's that sounds more believable than that, than how he worded it and stuff. So, no, I don't think it was a satisfying reason. But how they delivered everything and the overall WWE investigate spied on. Yeah, and maybe I'm I'm just thinking back to the old regime where, you know, they drag on this storyline for months and months and months and it's this mystery storyline and then we get big fucking spider in a cage, right? Like maybe I'm and, and maybe there's part of that still here too. I did genuinely enjoy it. I, I I'm down with this. Um let's just make Dexter part of the main roster now and, and and get it over with. Last but not least, I I don't really know what what to say with this. Like I'm 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 fully entrenched with everything that Bray Wyatt is doing right now on Friday Night SmackDown. We're going to see him at Crown Jewel. I'm assuming he's just going to deliver another promo. He'll get interrupted by somebody. Maybe this Uncle Howdy character. I don't know what I watched. I don't know who this Uncle Howdy is supposed to be. It seems clearly like it's Bray Wyatt behind some type of a mask that looks something straight out of House of Wax or some kind of horror movie. I don't know. It's genuinely creepy. I don't know what to make of this. And this could either be really, really good or really, really bad. And I don't feel like there's an in-between here. Song is a banger, though. Song is a banger. That's how the song sounds to me. I, I, I agree with Safi in the in the live chat. I think it's Bo Dallas. He got the same earring as Bo Dallas. Yeah. I feel like the Uncle Howdy character is based on him and Bo's uncle, uh, Barry Wyndham. And I think that the only person who can get that voice that's close to Bray Wyatt is Bo Dallas. So I think that would make all the sense in the world. And I think at crown jewel, we will get the first face to face meeting. Cause how it's coming off is this is another persona 
of Bray Wyatt. So if they want to have something that feels like premium live event worthy, it's revealing that Uncle Howdy is a whole other person and he goes face to face with Bray Wyatt and then they just do their usual and cut and then blackout. They disappear. Go to the next match. Yeah, you could you could definitely do that. Um, do you think they reveal Uncle Howdy to be Bo Dallas on that? That seems to be the you know, hey, here's a premium live event. Hey, here's a return. Hey, here's a big episode of whatever. Here's a return. Could we see Bo to actually see Bo Dallas show up, or do you think they are really playing the long game with this? And because at this rate, man, it's going to take forever until we figure out who all is in the damn Wyatt Six. It may take until WrestleMania. We may not see Bray Wyatt compete in a in a fucking match until WrestleMania 40 at this pace. I mean, I know already there's people that's like, you got about one more Bray Wyatt promo before I just check out of this. So as much as I'm all for long-term storytelling, there needs to be some action in my wrestling. I need some wrestling in my wrestling storyline. So they need to figure out how all of this is going to lead to an actual wrestling match. Yeah. Can we, and I say this as one of the biggest Bray Wyatt fans in the world, can we please stop ending episodes of SmackDown with Bray Wyatt in the ring? Like, that's not a main event to me anyway. A promo segment is not a main event. I don't want contract signings. I don't want promo. Of, I He's want to draw, though. He's the draw. It. You want to put your main event in something that people will stay around to see. And right now, a Bray Wyatt promo or a Bloodline promo is better than any one match that they could probably give us. I'm all I'm all looking forward to Gunther versus Rey Mysterio. But if you ask a casual fan, which SmackDown gets the most casual fans watching it every week, if you ask them at the beginning of the show, 8 p.m., are you going to stick around for the Bray Wyatt promo? Are you going to stick around for Gunther and Rey Mysterio? They probably would say Bray Wyatt promo. You're going to stick around for Bray Wyatt. You're not wrong. Then again, you're you're seldom ever wrong. SP3, where can people find your stuff? I know you got some stuff coming up on uh, True Heel Heat this weekend as well, I'm sure. At True Heel SP3, you can see me on the True Heel Heat YouTube channel. That's how you spell it, T-R-U-H-E-E-L-H-E-A-T. Subscribe over there. I'll be live tomorrow, Wednesday, probably about 12 p.m., 12.05 p.m. Eastern time for our WWE Crown Jewel preview. I'll also be there on Thursday, 1.05 p.m. Eastern time for AE Ramble reviewing AEW Dynamite. So check those out and subscribe. Yep, uh, we are working right now on getting our uh, Crown Jewel uh, pre-show uh, here on Believe in Pro Wrestling scheduled. Uh, hopefully that will drop uh, on Friday. Uh, we do appreciate you guys again. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Hit that thumbs up button. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Uh, and we will be back talking with you guys later this week. Enjoy NXT tonight. Enjoy Dynamite tomorrow. We got SmackDown on Friday. We got Crown Jewel on Saturday. Another great week of professional wrestling ahead. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This has been the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast brought to you by Bet Online. For a second, I don't know why I thought you were going to do LA Night. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.